Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. When you order Little Caesars Deliver, you'll save $5 or more over the other national chains on delivered pizza. It's the cherry on top of your pizza. Well, not an actual cherry, more of a metaphorical cherry, which is kind of a good band name. Hello, we are Metaphorical Cherry! Pizza, pizza. Savings claim is based on the price of a delivered pizza order with delivery fees for the top four national pizza chains on a national basis. Comparison is based on one more large Little Caesars pizzas with up to five toppings and the other three pizza chains comparable large pizzas sold at everyday menu prices. Delivery available from participating locations with online orders only plus sales tax. Napa know-how. Right now, only at Napa, AAA members get a 20% discount. So you can avoid getting stranded on the side of the road by picking up some quality parts like batteries, brake pads, and more. Meaning you can prevent the problem before it ever becomes a problem. Bravo. That's 20% off for AAA members. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, exclusions apply. May not be combined with other offers. Offer ends 331.20. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, a very handsome vehicle. This is Dan Patrick. Welcome to the program, already in progress. As I was walking in, getting ready to turn on the microphone, McLovin goes, you know a fashion trend that I really have a problem with? And I go, and then I close the door. McLovin, do you want to expound upon that, the fashion trend that you really are bothered by? So when the Danettes took over South Beach last week, yeah. all the young hipsters are wearing white sneakers instead of dark sneakers. Okay. And first of all, I don't look good in white sneakers. And second of all, they get dirty so fast that I feel like this is a fashion investment that I cannot afford to make. Okay. And that really bothers you? Yes. The white sneaker trend bothers me. Okay. I apologize to the audience for pausing and <laughs> listening to McLevin. I thought it was something dramatic. No, you should have followed your instinct and shut that door and yes. stayed in there. Yes, Paul. Dan, I checked moments ago, GQ, because Andrew mentioned this, and it's been a couple of years now that the dark jeans, white sneakers thing has been popular. Mm. and uh, But he's got a point. Keeping them clean seems like a brutal thing. I saw a guy on our staff who had brand new sneakers for the Super Bowl. They were clean, gorgeous. Yeah. But by the end of the week, they looked like he'd rolled them down a flight of stairs. Okay. That's it. All right. Back to you. All right. Okay. Uh, welcome to the program. As I said, already in progress. Coming up, we'll talk to uh, Richard Roper, film critic for the Chicago Sun-Times, the Academy Awards coming up this weekend. Steve Levy from the Mothership will uh, drop by. And we'll check in with Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk as it remains a little bit vague with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. I know we talked about this yesterday. I heard from the Bengal fans. And uh, Joe Burrow's dad has talked about the Bengals going number one. Mike Florio wrote about this as well, so we'll talk to Florio. Also, yes, McLaughlin. Steve Levy, by the way, big uh, black shoes with a suit, black sneakers with a white bottom. Is that cool in your mind? That's what everyone at ESPN wears, those, those Kohan black sneakers. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I started to see that with Howie Long and Michael Strahan, yes. where where you could go casual in the bottom, and then you could be dressy up top. Yeah, Paul. You're right. I, I was watching Fox and ESPN on Saturday and Sunday, and all the uh, anchors are wearing 
like nice sneakers, but they're definitely like sketcher type sneakers where they're dark with suits, which looks horrendous because you should wear dress shoes with a suit. Mm. Do you think like a, a dress shoes company, like, I don't know what the best ones are, Cole Haan, should put a shoe that's got more of a grippy bottom instead of a slippy bottom? And then you could have a nice dress shoe and look like a gentleman. It's terrible. I saw a Schefter the other day. He's got this $2,000 suit on and a pair of Skechers. Yeah, but you'd be surprised how much those shoes cost. They may not look like they cost a lot. But, but if you look bad, it ruins the whole outfit. Mm. Yeah, but that's the new look, though, that you have these, uh, like, colorful shoes. So you could have, like, a blue suede, and then you could have, like, green or yellow or whatever, the, the sole of the shoe. They're good-looking shoes, yeah. but they're not meant to be worn with a suit. Yeah, but you want to be comfortable. I think that's that's what they're going for. Yes. Then you wouldn't be wearing a suit. Right. No, your shoes are comfortable while you're wearing a suit. If you're standing on your feet like those NFL analysts are for like three or four hours a day, you know, then you want to be comfortable. Yes. I thought you were going to say three or four minutes. <laughs> well, I don't know that NFL analysts are really standing on their feet for four hours. Well, during the Super Bowl coverage, they are. Yes, McLovin. I know you've talked about it, but what was on the bottom when you were doing SportsCenter for all those years? Was, there... Well, we wore pants. There were times we wore shorts, and then somebody took a wide shot of the SportsCenter set, and somebody had shorts on, and that ruined it for everybody. Then we had we got yelled at and said, you got to wear, you must wear pants. Imagine that meeting where you come in and we want you to wear pants. You don't normally hear that from your boss, but we did that at ESPN. Yeah, Todd. Who decided it was unprofessional or not a good look for the company to have to, uh, if you were wearing sweats, or not to look slovenly, but something comfortable? You're talking Bucks 93, Raptors 88, or 4-2 Cubs. Why do you have to be in a sports jacket and a tie, whether it's Sports Center or a studio show or whatever? Why does it have to be all dressy? Well, you want to be presentable. You're on TV. You want to be professional. I mean, it is a place of business. You don't want to look like a slob. But there are coaches that some dress up and some like a Belichick. Yeah, but they're not, they're not reporters. They're not, you know, people, anchors. They're coaches. They can dress like that if they want to. Would, would, it, bother, would it bother you? Would, would you think the average man would be uncomfortable if people on TV talking sports weren't in a jacket and tie or in, like, all dressed up? How do we get – you know what? I apologize that I got on this topic. That I don't know if – the only problem I have is when you see a golf event and you're in a suit and tie. That's where you should be in a golf shirt if you're covering golf. I always thought that that was awkward. You'd be out there in a suit and tie instead of a golf shirt when you're covering the sport. And you'll see that, you know, when they go to Nick Faldo and uh, – Sir Nick Faldo and Jim Nance and they got a suit and tie on. Or at least they have a sport coat in a tie on. And I always feel that's awkward at a, uh, at a golf event. All righty. Uh, if you got a chance to watch the Chiefs' victory parade, you probably noticed one player who was a little bit louder than everybody else, and that was tight end Travis Kelsey. He's become the unofficial party starter for the world champs. And he's reminiscent of Rob Gronkowski. You might call it the Gronk effect. And, and Kelsey and Gronk are actually the same exact age. But uh, it was the former Patriot who really introduced the concept of the highly visible party tight end, when you think about it. You know, down through the years, there have been great tight ends. But, uh, you know, Mike Ditka, after his playing career, or, you know, John Mackey was a wonderful tight end, uh, Kellen Winslow. But Gronk was the guy who came out and said, I'm basically the personality on this team. And back in the day, tight ends were known for blocking and occasionally catching passes. Now, when you think of a team, you always – you know, you start with the quarterback, then you, a lot of these teams, you look at the tight end. You know, look at the Ravens. They had three tight ends this year. San Francisco and Kansas City both had very, very good tight ends. 
So the personality, the tight ends, it feels like the tight ends are trying to take over for wide receivers and get into the, hey, notice us personalities. And uh, certainly with Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski leading the way, it's become one of the more fan-friendly groups in the NFL. It was fun yesterday for the Kansas City Chiefs seeing the victory parade. You know, parades have changed a lot over the years. I don't know where it got to the point where you go, give me that microphone. I can say whatever I want to because I'm liquored up. And I don't remember alcohol being involved in a lot of these parades years ago. But, you know, you're seeing, you know, the Cavaliers guys got their shirts off. I mean, it, it, it's there's no decorum whatsoever, it feels like. Kansas City was a little more modest than what the Philadelphia Eagles had. And that was another Kelsey brother in there, too, who was leading the charge. But it feels like you give somebody a mic, we just won a championship. Who cares if there's mothers, children in the crowd? They can say, in fact, they would say mothers. That's what you had yesterday with uh, Kelsey. But uh, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, here is uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, at yesterday's victory parade. Every single touchdown, every single point we score at Arrowhead is going to end with the anthem. And y'all got to help me say it right here one last time for 2019-2020 World Champions. You got to fight for your right to party. Believe it. I love it all. Okay. His voice is gone. Patrick Mahomes' voice, it always sounded like it was ready to go. Here's Mahomes yesterday. This season, the adversity we deal with, with the injuries. I mean, my knee was in the side of my leg, but we still went back, and we won the Super Bowl. We just passed, baby. All righty. All righty. I don't think we're going to have Travis Kelsey on for a little while. We'll wait till he gets his voice back or Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Paul. It's the one time in your life you could scream anything into the microphone, anything at all, even negative, and hundreds of thousands of people will cheer yeah. you. I hate that Make-A-Wish Foundation. They stink. Yeah. <laughs> what? What do you say? I just keep clapping. Yes, McLevin. You just don't want to be caught dancing if you can't dance. I remember Mark Madsen with the Lakers. Remember we played that clip for years? Yeah. I, I think, think get a hall pass. Yeah, you can do that on on that day when you win a championship. I don't think anybody's critiquing you. Like if we win the sport, when we win the sports Emmy this year, we're dancing. Andrew. We're dancing on stage. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna raise the roof when we win the sports Emmy. <laughs> now, if I win it individually, I won't be dancing. But if we win for a show, then we're up there dancing. Yes, I'll be slugging down beers too out of that Emmy, just like. Uh... Travis sure. Kelsey. Yeah. yeah. I think you got to fight for your right to Lombardi is, is sounds a whole lot better than fight for your right to party. I mean, Beastie Boys, great, but fight for your right to Lombardi. That sounded like it was a – I figured Travis Kelsey was going to trademark that. Maybe he already has. All right, if you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. I do have some more Traeger Meat Friday songs. We, um, we gave you a couple of them. Yesterday, or was that the day before? They were great. Really uh, well done. And uh, we'll set that up for our Meat Madness coming up in March, and then, of course, the Final Fork. NBA, uh, NBA trade deadline. My Memphis Grizzlies did a great job. Now, they traded Andre Iguodala. They get Justice Winslow. Iguodala didn't want to be there. The Memphis Grizzlies have had a good year. They, you know, they're fighting for a playoff spot. And you start to look at some of the moves that they've made. 
You get Brandon Clark, who I like a lot. They traded Mike Conley and Jay Crowder for a future first-round pick. They uh, got the heat to take Andre Iguodala, and uh, then they flipped Iguodala for Justice Winslow. So they've done pretty well here, and uh, the Miami Heat are gearing up. Miami Heat are going to probably add Danilo Gallinari, who's a really good addition for this team, and the Miami Heat could be the second-best team in the East. You know, we wait for the 76ers to be what we thought they were, and I don't know if we're going to see that. I saw a, a column today that talked about, is it time for the Sixers to really consider trading Ben Simmons? Marcus Hayes had the article. And keep in mind, the Sixers tried to trade for Anthony Davis last year, but they realized that Anthony Davis was probably not going to stay. Uh, Hayes in his column says, as I reported last year, the Sixers were willing to trade Simmons last season for Anthony Davis, which would have given them the league's best big man, as well as the uh, number two big man in Joel Embiid. But they believed Davis would balk at staying long term, and ownership wasn't eager to admit another drafting development failure on the heels of the Markel Fultz fiasco. But Somebody, it feels like, has to go, either Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons is playing extremely well here in the last 10 games. You know, he's, I think, 23-9-7 and seven or 23-8-9. and nine. You know, he's got some really, really good numbers here. I just don't know. you got a two-year window, it feels like, with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together. That, that's my gut feeling. And then you're going to go, now it's time to trade somebody. I don't know what Ben Simmons is going to be in two years. I don't know what Joel Embiid is going to be in two years. I get a little more nervous with Embiid because he's injury prone. I don't know if he wants to be great. I think he's very good, extremely talented. I just don't know if he has that desire to want to kill you, to be great. And I don't know if Ben Simmons wants to do that. Ben Simmons caught heat because, speaking of the heat and talking about the heat, the uh, Sixers were playing the Heat, and in Miami, and Ben Simmons was poolside with one of the Kardashians, and therefore he must not be committed to winning b- basketball or something. He was seen poolside with one of the Kardashians. I, I, I'm not going to indict him on that. I'm going to indict him because he can't shoot. and won't. I think he can shoot, he just won't shoot. And if you can tell me in two years from now that he can go from where he is now to where the Greek freak is with his shooting ability. I mean, Markel Fultz is a better shooter than Ben Simmons. Who would have thought? But that's what I want to know. If, if I'm the 76ers, and you got to look at this roster, Al Horford was supposed to be, that's the missing ingredient here. Boy, wait till we get to the postseason. I mean, that's why the Heat are bringing in Andre Iguodala, guys who know how to play basketball, because the NBA in the playoffs is completely different than what you're seeing during the regular season. This is just... Recess time. Go out and have fun. Go up and down the floor. Playoff basketball, going to be a whole lot different. It is every year for James Harden. There's a certain team or certain players where you go, it's just different. You you play them differently or they play differently. And if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, what could I get in return for Ben Simmons? What could I get in return for Joel Embiid? And that's what it comes down to. Is there is there somebody out there that you can get that's going to make you a better team? And Ben Simmons fascinates me because Magic Johnson had this ability to dominate a game and not score. Magic became a respectable shooter. He worked on it. Ben Simmons is a larger version of Jason Kidd. A triple-double waiting to happen. 
but not going to hurt you with his jump shot. And then Jason Kidd learned, you know, to rely on that jump shot later in his career. But if I'm Philadelphia, I really have to start looking at this and say, you know, Toronto's got a sneaky good roster there. And they got a great front office, and you might have the best coach in the NBA. They're not going away. And if I look at Miami, what what Pat Riley has done, you know, is, is sustainable. Riles is a great GM, president, and he never stops. He has this quest to, you know, he's like Jerry West. Like, they just never stop. They want to they wanna win. Uh, Philadelphia, I think Brett Brown is coaching for his job. You know, if they don't go to the NBA, at least the Eastern Conference Finals, he might lose his job here. Milwaukee is great. We know that. But who is going to challenge Milwaukee here? And I don't know if it's Philadelphia. I thought it was, but I don't know if it is. Yeah, McLevin. Uh, is, isn't this on the coach that Simmons and Embiid can't work together to some extent? I would hope that they could devise. I don't know what you devise where you have a, a big man who's outside and you got a point guard who's great inside. It's just a weird combo there. And it, they just don't. It doesn't fit. It's awkward when you watch that team play. Yeah, McLevin. Can I give you two completely nonsensical trade uh, scenarios as uh, Andrew from Staten Island calling in to the Dan Patrick? Okay. Uh, can I give you Joe B to Phoenix for Devin Booker? Okay. But Phoenix has a big man. Yeah, we get eight and two. I didn't. I forgot. Oh, you get eight and, and Booker for Jill. Why would Phoenix do that? We'll give you Josh Richardson in that deal. And why would they wouldn't? No, they wouldn't. Yes, Paul. The seventy sixers draft history—it's not near as good as it appears. You know, all the players that they drafted either washed out or played well elsewhere. Going back to Michael Carter Williams, Joel Embiid panned out for a bit. Joel Little Okafor done. Uh, ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, Mikhail Bridges, who they traded and got basically Zaire Smith, who doesn't play. You can go back, there's guys like they've had Lou Williams on their team, Andre Iguodala, and they all moved on. Even the players they drafted that were good eventually just leave. It's a tough history. Yeah, see. Are they the worst drafting team of all time? Uh, <laughs> in any sport or just the NBA? Well, let's just keep it to the NBA. Okay. Now, are you kidding me? The least they got Simmons and Embiid. Like, remember the old Cavs team? Yeah, but they tanked the bus? Get, like they, they, those guys were right there for them to take. There was no strategy. They I, just go, oh, Ben Simmons, the best player, we'll take him. I mean, Embiid brought the risk of his back injury, yeah. but, you know, still extremely talented. By the way, none of this is on Sam Hinkie, the process guy. These, yeah. They're all Colangelo, Elton Brand. Yeah, mistakes. that's true. And then, you know, there's... There's not a big uh, or a high confidence level in Elton Brand no. being able to make some moves here for the 76ers. But I, I, I'm curious if, if those guys are off the market. Like you, anybody else you can have, but those two guys you're not, you're not going to trade. They're untouchable. But I, I don't know. I, I'm curious. I don't know if there's any big deal that goes down. I think the Sixers, you know, do they make something? The Lakers and Clippers, you know, that possibility. I think Golden State's trying to get rid of D'Angelo Russell. But other than that, it doesn't seem like there's uh, much going on. Yeah, Paul. I, I Googled worst NBA draft history, and the first team that came up was the L.A. Clippers, unfortunately. Oh, okay. And <laughs> I could go through a lot okay. of names, but we don't have the time. Okay. It was bad, though. It's bad, especially in the 80s and 90s. Remember Olawood Candy? When, like, Michael Olawood Candy. Like, Dirk and Vince Carter and oh, all these oh, guys yeah. were right behind them. And, yeah, uh, you, you can go for Benjamin. Oh, you can go for days. Benoit Benjamin. Yeah. Bo Kimball. Oh, gosh. 
The Sixers, the Sixers might be up there. No way. They're they're in the history. They're one of the great. No, in the last twenty years, fifteen years. The Jaleel Okafor draft, by the way, it was nobody would. That was the the one draft where the whole first round was that Nerlens Noel was oh, the, no, one of those drafts. Yeah. The one where the Cavs but didn't they take Nerlens Noel and Jaleel? Yeah, and they got Jaleel Okafor. But it was a it was because of the one and done and like it was bad draft. Remember the Cavs took Bennett and like nobody oh, in that panned out. Yeah. That's where you. I would watch UNLV play, and I had no idea that Anthony Bennett was any good. Like, I would see him and go, all right, he's a nice college player. And then all of a sudden, when the Cavs are taking him, and I go, where's he playing? And they're like, UNLV. And I'm like, I've watched UNLV play, and he didn't stand out. Yeah, Paul. He had the build of Zion Williamson without any of the athletic <laughs> ability. Like, he couldn't get rim. He could get net, though. Oh, yeah, he could scrape the net like me. And I always like that. You know, when you're young and you're going, hey, man, he can get rim. And then you're just trying to get net. That was a big deal. Or you could slap the backboard when you went in for your layup. Like, that was a big deal. Like, whoa, man, you see that? He slapped the backboard. Didn't mean you could play. Yeah, McLean. Yeah, it was like the worst draft ever, the one. Oladipo went two, but he got he didn't do anything for the Magic. There was some weird dude who went 15, though, uh, who's in Milwaukee now in that draft. Yeah, the Greek freak. Yes. Yeah. But the Sixers had to take Michael Carter-Williams. Michael, he was rookie of the year, I think. Didn't he have a triple-double his first game? Yeah, he was on fire. For he it. just couldn't shoot. But he I don't even think he's in the NBA anymore. He's been around a lot. I think he's still around. Is he, is he playing somewhere out I west? Think so. <laughs> I think so. All right, let me take a break. Mike Florio is going to join us. We'll talk about this 17-game regular season schedule for the NFL. The Players Association, the players are going to get together. I don't think they're voting on this today, but just the fact that you know, they're starting to talk. I'm told that the 17-game regular season schedule is really the big bargaining chip that the players have with the owners. And they're trying to milk it for as much as they can. We'll talk to Florio about that. Also, Mike wrote a column on uh, the Joe Burrow situation with the Bengals. And he's there with me. It feels a little non-committal with uh, Joe Burrow and his side of things. Some of the quotes attached to Joe, his dad, uh, Carson Palmer, whose brother Jordan Palmer is working with Joe Burrow. T.J. Hushmanzada, former Bengal wide receiver, he's also working with Joe Burrow. So we'll talk to Florio about that, separate fact from fiction there. 21 after the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com. Get a quote and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Napa know-how. Right now, only at Napa, AAA members get a 20% discount. So you can avoid getting stranded on the side of the road by picking up some quality parts like batteries, brake pads, and more. Meaning you can prevent the problem before it ever becomes a problem. Bravo. That's 20% off for AAA members. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, exclusions apply. May not be combined with other offers. Offer ends 33120. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious. 
and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Wholesale University. If you want to get into this business, this is the place to start. Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Go to fullsale.edu slash Dan Patrick. Just had our first graduating class. They got jobs already. And uh, we're going to teach you front of the camera, behind the camera, all the aspects, sportscasting, also podcasting, radio, esports, everything in between. And uh, this program is growing. We have over 300 students, whether on campus or online. Got a great program director, Gus Ramsey, and uh, I worked with him for 18 years at ESPN. So I'm down there on campus four times out of the year, also reviewing uh, tapes. In fact, reviewed three of the uh, students' tapes this morning. Fullsale.edu slash Dan Patrick. Your degree is in sportscasting, not communications, not broadcasting, sportscasting. All right. Um, I, of course, caught a lot of heat yesterday from the Bengal fans and uh, read some of their tweets, some of the tweets that I could read. You know, Joe Burrow came on the show at the Super Bowl and – you know, we talked about going number one and the Bengals, and is that one and the same where you're going to a team, you know, you're going number one, but you want to go to a team that's committed to winning. You know, Carson Palmer talked about the Bengals aren't committed to winning Super Bowls. His brother Jordan is working out Joe Burrow. Uh, I thought Joe was a little bit vague on the Bengals. And, okay, let me, let me just play the clip. Here is Joe Burrow. That'll put it in context. Do you want to hear from the Bengals? Look, whenever you're in the conversation for the number one pick, it's obviously a dream come true. Um, but they, I know they have a process to go through. I have a process to go through. So that's it's a long ways away. But is being number one or going to the right team the most important to you? Combination of both. Yeah. You know, you want to go number one, but you also want to go to a, a great organization that's committed to winning, committed to winning Super Bowls. All right, let me bring in Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. Mike, thanks for joining us. What do you hear in that comment from Joe Burrow? Well, I hear that at some level he is influenced by Carson Palmer. And how could you not be? The threads are right in front of us. Carson Palmer says the Bengals aren't committed to winning a Super Bowl. He quit on the Bengals. He, quote-unquote, retired until the opportunity came to trade him to the Raiders after Jason Campbell broke a collarbone back in 2011. It all worked out just perfectly, and the Bengals got a good return. But he was done. He was not going to play anymore because he was frustrated with the Bengals' lack of effort to try to win a Super Bowl. Jordan Palmer's brother is training Joe Burrow. It doesn't take many steps to get to the point where all of a sudden Joe Burrow is saying those things like, I want to play for a team that's committed to winning. And Dan, I'm a firm believer, and and this is a take that becomes less and less popular every year, but I really don't care. I don't like the draft. I don't like the fact that these guys are forced to go live in a certain city, play for a certain team. They get to pick their college. I don't, and, and it's turned into this, it's an honor. It's not an honor. It's not. You don't get to pick where you start your NFL career. And for some of these quarterbacks, I think that, that getting picked by a bad organization keeps you from ever becoming the guy you could have been. I say all the time, in 1999, if Donovan McNabb had been picked by the Bengals and if Kelly Smith had been picked by the Eagles, how different would those two careers have gone? We don't know. But I think it's a factor. And I think that especially when you are a guy like Joe Burrow and you are at the top of the stack, I like it 
when the guy takes a stand and says, I don't want to play for the team that has the first pick, like Eli Manning did, like John Elway did. I think it needs to happen more often. And you had some quotes in uh, your column on ProFootballTalk.com where, you know, we heard from his dad, Jimmy Burrow, Joe's dad. So he texts somebody at uh, Fox 19 in Cincinnati. Uh, Not sure where that information is coming from, Jimmy Burrow said. We're all excited that Joe has put himself in a position to be considered as a possible high draft choice. All right, well, that doesn't say anything about the Bengals. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. And and this is, I think, driven by the way that fans react to players who buck the system, right? We applaud owners when they make savvy business deals that result in more billions being piled on top of the billions they have so they can buy a $250 million yacht and be titans of industry. When players try to make business decisions, fans get mad. Fans think players should just submit to the process. You get drafted, you happily go there. And the reality is, and, and you know, people who know Mike Brown firmly believe if he wants Joe Burrow, he's taking Joe Burrow. And if Joe Burrow don't like it, Tough crap Joe Burrow sit out the whole year and re-enter the draft. So it could be that these maneuverings, if there are any that are going to happen, fail. And you've got to go to Cincinnati. And if you have to choose between going to Cincinnati or sitting out the year, maybe you just bite the bullet and go to Cincinnati, and you don't want the fans to hate you walking through the door. I think that's why they're being vague about it. They don't want to come out and say we don't want Cincinnati because in the end they may have no choice. But also you have T.J. Hushmanzada, who played with the Bengals. He's working with Joe Burrow, wide receiver. And uh, he said, hey, we're not disparaging the Bengals. But then he did say that they should strongly consider any gigantic (laughs) trade offer they might get. What? Hey, Dan, I can tell you this. I don't like to traffic in pre-draft rumor and smoke screens because there's agendas and, and, you know, there's always a motivation to try to get something out there. And, and, and I'm always skeptical about the things I hear. But every once in a while, you hear something that under the circumstances, given the context, given the source, you can take it to the bank. Take this to the bank. Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, wants Joe Burrow. And I assume that has gotten back to Joe Burrow. So Miami and the Dolphins, Cincinnati and the Bengals, if there's a way you can work it, that you get to Miami, maybe that's the better choice. And that's why they keep it vague, because you don't know if a team wants to go up and get you. And the Dolphins have the draft capital. Uh, You know, I asked Todd McShay yesterday, I said, if you're Joe Burrow, would you rather go to Cincinnati or Miami right now, given the state of those organizations? He said Miami. What do you think? Miami. Look, look. You know, some of the folks in Cincinnati are getting upset that the national media is making this a thing. But let's be fair about it. If you got to choose between Cincinnati and pretty much any other team right now, sorry, Bengals, but I, I'm picking the other team, right? Unless it's a team that has a franchise quarterback that's going to be starting for years to come like the Chiefs. But all things being equal, I don't want to play for the Bengals. I agree with Carson Palmer's assessment. Why would Carson Palmer – be lying about this. He lived it from 2003 through 2010. So, uh, yeah, I, I defer to that. And it meshes with everything I've always heard about Mike Brown and the Bengals, that it's not about winning championships. It's about making money. And they make a ton of money, and they don't spend a lot of money. It's a profitable business, period. And some owners look at it that way, and some are less discreet than others about uh, you know, letting it be known that, that that is the motivation, not winning championships. Talking to Mike Florio, co-host of Pro Football Talk with uh, Chris Sims on the NBC Sports Network. 
the Jags with another game in London, and the Jacksonville fans always get upset with me where I just say, hey, hold on for dear life, man, because now you got an owner saying, hey, I can make money in London, and that helps me in building this, whatever, this community around the stadium and all these big plans he has business-wise. At what point do you think that they only do one game in London or they add a third game in London? What happens first with the Jags? Oh, I, I think it may go back to one game next year. Okay. I, I think that this really is an experiment, right? Let's see how it goes. Let's see how two games with the same team there goes. Because I had somebody who, who was in London reach out to me and say, look, when I go to a Jaguars game, 25% of the fans are Jaguars fans. The other people are just football fans, fans of the other team, fans of any team. They just want to go to a game. I don't know how much of a fan base the Jaguars can build, but I think the vision for Shad Khan would be, remember how the Packers used to split their schedule between County Stadium in Milwaukee yeah. and Lambeau Field? I could see four games in Jacksonville, four games in London. Make the playoffs, host a game. You don't have to worry about all the extra logistics of taking teams to London to play a playoff game, and then you've got to turn around the team the road team wins, has to fly back across the ocean and, and maybe play a game in California. I mean, it would get ridiculous. Jacksonville's your home base. If you host playoff games, you're still the Jacksonville Jaguars. You play half your games in London. And I wouldn't be surprised, Dan, at some point if there are two teams that do that. So you have, you have the two stadiums. You split your schedule between your U.S. base and London. I think that makes sense. Otherwise, too many logistical problems, too many hurdles, too many hardships for players. If they're if – they're, I would I would much prefer to moving a team to London this concept of having up to eight games with different teams. I think that's the better approach. But if anybody's going to establish that base there, it would be the Jaguars playing half their games. I think that's where it ends up. The 17-game NFL regular season schedule, I'm not sure where we stand on this. And, and I know the players are going to vote on this or the, uh, the, the union's going to vote on this. But how do you think that vote would – would play out if I said to you know the entire uh, NFL player base, you guys want to play a 17-game schedule, and you'll get an extra game check? Well, it's got to be more than an extra game check to play an extra game. There's got to be a premium there. And it can't just be extra salary cap space because then the stars get that money. The minimums have to go up. You have to ensure that that money is going to make its way to the average player who is out there grinding week in and week out. Here's what's happening, Dan, and this is in a nutshell – where things stand. The union and the league have negotiated a deal. They have a deal. You have to sell the deal to your client, though. And it's like a lawsuit. You settle a lawsuit. The lawyers work out a deal, and then they go sell the deal to their clients. The NFLPA is trying to sell the deal to its client. The problem is the NFLPA is getting unexpected pushback from the client. And so there hasn't been a vote yet because if they did a vote. They're afraid it would be no. Mm. So they're trying to work this through. And here's the reality. Here's what the union has to ask itself. Will we take a work stoppage, lockout or strike, and actually miss game checks? If you won't miss game checks and football games, then why take the best deal on the brink of missing game checks when you can take the best deal now at a time when that can be parlayed into new TV deals that are done before the presidential election hurts ratings, before a recession, which is being expected by the folks behind the curtain who are counting the money for the NFL, before the budgets get impinged because of that. They want to turn this around now. I think D. Smith understands when push comes to shove, these guys are going to take 17 games because they're not going to miss game checks to take a stand. So let's just do it now. 
and then let's get billions more on these TV deals that will be negotiated immediately after this is done. That's what he's got to sell these guys on, yeah. and he hasn't been able to do it yet. Final question. The most interesting offseason quarterback storyline is? Without question, where does hashtag Tommy go? Where does he go? <laughs> right? Because I think, look, Dan, in New England, he's only going back if Bill Belichick gets on a knee and applies his lips to the butt cheeks each side of Tom Brady. He's sick of dealing with being beaten down by this guy for 20 years. Bill Belichick is who he is. He wants some appreciation, some acknowledgement, some recognition. Without that, I think he's leaving. And we were throwing this around today on PFT Live because Sims knows Kyle Shanahan really well. And, you know, I'm of the mindset that Kyle Shanahan needs to be thinking about potential upgrades at the quarterback position because championship quarterbacks make championship throws, and Garoppolo had one that he could have made and he didn't. If you're Shanahan and you pick up your cell phone and it's Tom Brady and he says, I'd really like to come play for the team that I rooted for growing up, I think that with me we can win a championship this year. What do you say if you're Kyle Shanahan? What do you say to that? What do you say? I'd, I'd be tempted to say yes if I were Kyle Shanahan. Do you think that the Niners would have won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady? Yes. Okay. Without question. Okay. Don't you? Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> I, do. I just don't know because Belichick would love to get Garoppolo back, right? Wouldn't that be something? Trade it back to Belichick, <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be great? I don't know if I don't know if Belichick saw enough where he goes. No, nah, you know, on second thought, I'll let you keep Garoppolo in San Francisco. Hey, Dan. In all seriousness, no, the way that the 49ers structure these contracts, they have until April one to make a decision on Garoppolo. That's an eternity in the NFL offseason. You can wait to see what plays out with Brady. You can wait to see what other free agents are out there. You can you could maybe make a, a subtle phone call to the Vikings and say, hey, you know, if you're not going to extend Kirk Cousins, we'll take him here. Kyle Shanahan said last week the reason he didn't evaluate Patrick Mahomes in 2017 is he was certain he was going to get Kirk Cousins in free agency a year later. And that's the other thing they could do. They give Garoppolo one more year and then go get Kirk Cousins if he doesn't sign an extension in Minnesota. I'm telling you, look – yeah, I think Garoppolo is the weak link on that team. And, and some 49ers fans get upset. It's like, folks, you should want your team to get better. And if there's a better option out there, a quarterback, why don't you want it? I don't know if it would ever happen, but it's fun talking about it. Isn't it fun? Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? It would be great. I root for chaos, right? It keeps us, it keeps us occupied. Uh, you, chaos. Do you like the offseason better than the regular season? Oh, we get, we, make, we, we get more traffic, make more money in the offseason. I mean, that's because that, – because, there's no football, so it's just rumor and dynamic for speculation. Yeah, all the football fans. When you don't have that outlet every week, you're constantly trying to check in to see what happens. So yeah, we'll, we'll have our biggest month of the year in March, and then in April, and then even in May, June, and July, when people don't have their football fix, they go look for whatever they can get. Great to talk to you again, Mike. Thank you as always. All right, Dan. That's Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. We'll take a break. Oh, I know. Yeah. Take a break. Got our play of the day. Is that our new sounder? I think. <laughs> Take a break. Got our play of the day. We'll discuss what Florio uh, dropped on us there right after this. <laughs> it's the greatest time of the year in sports. NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, and NHL. What else can a sports fan ask for? All the action you want is every day at one place and one place only. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% off welcome bonus. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on all this incredible action at betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Napa know-how. Right now, only at Napa, AAA members get a 20% discount. So you can avoid getting stranded on the side of the road by picking up some quality parts, like batteries, brake pads, and more. Meaning you can prevent the problem before it ever becomes a problem. Bravo. That's 20% off for AAA members. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, exclusions apply. May not be combined with other offers. Offer ends 331.20. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Oh, my God. The play of the day. Come on, looks up. Working against Gillespie. Baldwin for the win. Courtesy of IMG Learfield College, Villanova and Butler. Butler knocks off the number 10 team in the country. Uh, Butler will host number 12 Seton Hall on Saturday. Let me see if I know where Mario is going with this with Michael Jackson. Indiana native, Gary, Indiana, and the song Beat It. I got it. Okay. That's our play of the day. Michael Jackson, Gary, Indiana. And uh, Villanova. Loses, Butler's got Seton Hall, and Seton Hall's playing really well and got one of the top players in the country. All right, uh, poll question. What are we going with, McLovin? How about NBA? Is there anybody outside of the big three, the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks, that can make the finals? Choice being the Heat, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Nuggets, uh, and Toronto. Not Houston. And Houston, sorry. But I, yeah, you said, I guess. I don't know. Is that small ball going to work? I, I actually don't understand. Well, there's a lot riding on this because, you know, you got uh, Mike D'Antoni's job is on the line. So this is a win-now strategy? Yes. Yeah, they, yes, they probably have to go to the Western Conference Finals, it feels like. But they're all in on small ball. I feel like they're still going to have to get a big guy. You know, you're not going to be spending the money you did with Clint Capella, but you know, at some point, and I've said this before, everybody's shooting threes. Eventually, somebody's going to go, now, why don't you deal with us, and we're going to have inside presence here. Like, we're going we're gonna to do something that's, you know, different than everybody else. Everybody wanted to have a wide-open offense in the NFL. And I said, what happens when somebody runs the football, controls the clock, makes you pay, pounds you down? You know, eventually, somebody gets around to that. Uh, you know, the Ravens did that, but they also had – 
Lamar Jackson lead the league in uh, you know touchdowns. That's why they were great. If he doesn't have half of those touchdowns or three quarters of their, those touchdowns, then maybe it's a different story for the Ravens during the regular season. But they dominated you. The Niners dominated you with their running attack there. So eventually you get to a point where you go, why don't we do something different? I mean, that's the gut feeling I have, and maybe that's what Houston's doing. They're doing something different. They had 63-point attempts the other night, and they made 20, and they were thrilled with that. Yeah, Paul. Nobody talks about Toronto, but Pascal Siakam, his stats are almost exactly what what uh, what they were last year, you know, with uh, Kawhi. And they still got Lowry, Van Vliet, Ibaka, Anagobi, uh, with, uh Gasol. That, nobody talks about them, though, because they, they got their attention last year, but they could easily upset somebody. And they I, wouldn't even be that big of an upset, I don't think. And, uh, you know, Nick Nurse is maybe the best coach in the NBA or on the short list. He's done a great job with that. Siakam is uh, a wonderful player to watch. And, you know, we sort of forget about Toronto until they're right there in front of you, and then you go, oh, okay. And then you you see that they have, you know, quality team there, depth there, and a surprising team. Yeah, McLovin. What about the Heat? And the heat? Uh, I like the Heat. I do. It feels like that's a team. But I wondered if they were going to trade Tyler Hero. I, I don't, you know, there was there was talk that maybe he's available, and but I don't know who you're getting. I'm just saying that that – this is just sort of trade chatter here. But it feels like if there's nothing to talk about, then we just sort of go, maybe that guy, maybe Buddy Heald will be traded. You know, I don't know. But then we start to throw things out because there aren't enough marquee names to talk about when it comes to the trade deadline. Yeah, McLovin. Uh, Marcus Morris seems like a real thing, though. Yeah, but it's the Knicks, and I don't know if they know what they're doing. Uh, you know, you just fired your GM. Yeah, what's it, what are they going to do there? I know that they're all in on Jerry, but I heard an interesting theory. Let me float it on Twitter. That Rich Paul would be the perfect GM of the, the LeBron agent, the head of clutch sports, would be the, the best guy that they could hire. Why would he take that job? Well, a lot of agents are moving on the team side at Brody Van Wagenen. I know, but if, why would he do yeah. that? I mean, Rob Blake. That used to be an esteemed place to be. Oh, I know, but it may not be to Rich Paul. It, it is to people who are over the age of 50. I yeah, wouldn't go. <laughs> if you got new ownership in there, then I would say, all right, I'd consider that. Not with this ownership. Because that's another owner who thinks he's smart when it comes to basketball. The, the smart owners are smart enough to let somebody who does know more than them get involved in all these decisions. Now they want D'Angelo Russell. Good luck. What about Masai Ujiri? Would you jump over the Knicks, get to a bigger market than Toronto? No, I don't want to go in there with that ownership. I don't, unless you give me a piece of the ownership, right? Brooklyn's got a brighter future than the Knicks do. You know who should take over the Knicks? Theo Epstein. (laughs) That's great. He took over the Red Sox. He took over the Cubs. That's because his flunky Johnny Podesta did so well with the Browns, though, when he switched for it. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Theo Epstein, the Cubs GM, maybe... He takes over. I'm hearing <laughs> sources. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcast. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, 
All you have to do is download the free app. That's right, no credit card necessary, and simply search for our shows to start listening. Napa know-how. Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat-worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break $25? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.